1: Restorative sleep is essential for optimal physical, mental, and emotional functioning. But sleep problems are very common among people with Parkinson's disease, affecting up to 90%, according to today's guest, sleep specialist Dr. Alexander Videnovich of Massachusetts General Hospital. These problems are some of the most troubling in terms of non-motor symptoms and can seriously affect quality of life. Many factors can interfere with sleep, including anti-Parkinson's medications and the disease itself. For example, tremor or the frequent need to use the bathroom may awaken people, and pain and inability to turn over in bed can cause discomfort. Dr. Vedenovich says among the many sleep problems, insomnia, daytime sleepiness, and REM sleep behavior disorder are among the most common. REM stands for rapid eye movement, those parts of the sleep cycle in which one's eyes move rapidly but do not send any visual information to the brain. This is the phase of sleep in which dreams usually occur, but the body's muscles are normally paralyzed so that the person does not act out the dreams. When we spoke, he set the stage by describing the magnitude of the problem.
2: Disorders of sleep and alertness are very common in the Parkinson's disease population. And I would say that based on my clinical experience, but also based on the literature that has been written about this topic, almost every patient with Parkinson's disease will at some point throughout the course of their disease experience one or another type of a sleep disturbance. So this is a very common and frequently challenging non-motor manifestation associated with Parkinson's disease.
1: It's a very basic question, but why is sleep important and what happens if there are sleep disturbances?
2: Well, obviously, we spend almost third of our lives sleeping So it has to have a big significance, right? Evolutionary sleep as a bodily function has been very well preserved. And all species needs to sleep and humans needs to sleep as well. Simply, you cannot survive without sleep. Therefore, from this really broad perspective, sleep is very important for survival, but also, therefore, for optimal human function. Sleep in Parkinson's disease, it's particularly important As we understand very well the benefit of good night of sleep, this is something that has been known in our field as sleep benefit that patients with Parkinson's disease report after having a good night of sleep. Their Parkinson's disease is much easier on them the following day. And a lot of patients will report that even responsiveness to their medications the following day may be really great if they have a good night of sleep the night before. So I would say that sleep is relevant for everyone and has really particular significance and place in the lives of patients who suffer from Parkinson's disease. Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
0: We take this few seconds off to inform you our valued loyal listener about the best health and fitness podcast shows Enjoy the show.
1: What are some of the common kinds of sleep disturbances that people experience?
2: When we talk about disturbed sleep in Parkinson's disease, I'd like to separate these into two large categories. One are difficulties that emerge during the nighttime, so nighttime sleep problems. And then there are disturbances during the daytime, specifically excessive daytime sleepiness, which may or may not be linked with the disturbances that are occurring during the nighttime. So I'd say there are these two very broad categories of disturbances of sleep and wake cycle in Parkinson's.
1: What are some of the possible outcomes? Are there cognitive effects? Are there behavioral effects during the daytime if sleep is disturbed at night?
2: Well, disturbed sleep at night can have a lot of consequences the following day. Obviously, if one doesn't sleep well, that person feels sleepy and tired the following day. They are unable to concentrate and function well in a mental capacity. As I said, a good night of sleep may have even some positive effects of a motor function that patients with Parkinson's Mm -hmm. disease will exhibit the following day. And certainly, after a poor night of sleep, our mood is really not good. And patients with Parkinson's disease frequently struggle with uh, mood disorders to begin with. And certainly, poor sleep can only aggravate these symptoms.
1: One sleep disturbance that seems to come up very early even before people are diagnosed is REM sleep behavior disorder. How early can that happen and does it persist once people are diagnosed?
2: REM sleep behavior disorder is actually one of uh, primary sleep disorders and belongs to a group of uh, sleep disorders which we called parasomnias, which actually are a fancy term for various abnormal behaviors that can occur during the nighttime. In this particular condition, REM sleep behavior disorder, the disturbance emanates from a stage of sleep which we called REM sleep And in this condition, during REM sleep, patients with Parkinson's disease or healthy individuals who don't have Parkinson's disease but have this disorder actually act out their dreams. And we can talk more about that later. But in summary, it has been recognized that individuals who only have REM sleep behavior disorder are at increased risk of developing Parkinson's disease or Parkinson's-like disorders. And this sleep manifestation, this sleep disorder, can precede onset of Parkinson's disease for years and certainly can be present throughout the course of Parkinson's disease as well. So therefore, this Remsley behavior disorder is very important, as it may indicate that individual who has it may be on the road towards developing Parkinson's disease, that that process may have already started. And it's just a question of time where cardinal motor symptoms of Parkinson's disease will emerge, And at that point, one can establish formally the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease.
1: Obviously, it sounds like people struggle with sleep disturbances quite a bit in Parkinson's disease, which would affect quality of life and function. But do they bring this to the attention of their neurologists enough?
2: I would say that disturbances of sleep and alertness are underreported overall by our patients. At the same time, they are also frequently underrecognized by physicians and other healthcare professionals. So it is therefore very important that both healthcare professionals and patients and their caregivers and family members understand that paying significant attention to quality of sleep may have a very positive effects and lessen the burden of Parkinson's disease. Um, therefore, we should all know more about it and pay more attention to it. It sounds like there's
1: quite a number of reasons for poor sleeping, but can you put into sort of categories some of the treatments that may be available?
2: Well, there are really, as you pointed out, many different reasons why one may have disturbed sleep at night. And selecting appropriate treatment is really based on the appropriate diagnosis of a sleep problem. And each of various sleep disturbances that can occur at the nighttime will have a subset of treatments that may be relevant to these conditions. I would say that the overall starting point for improving and treating sleep disorders in Parkinson's and any other sleep disorder is to understand the principles of good sleep hygiene and apply these principles in our daily routine so that we can maximize the chance for good sleep. Short for providing and, and living with these good hygiene principles, there are other tailored treatment approaches that will certainly depend on the type of sleep disturbance that one may have, these approaches span from various cognitive behavioral interventions that can improve sleep wake cycles to utilization of continuous positive airway pressure or CPAP treatments for obstructive sleep apnea for example, to variety of pharmacological interventions that are directed to various sleep problems such as insomnias, rem sleep behavior disorder, or restless leg syndrome, for example.
1: Is it only the duration of sleep that matters? How do you tell the quality of sleep? Are they getting restorative sleep?
2: Well, what matters when we look at the sleep metrics is really important. So this is an excellent question. And I would say that certainly we want to have enough sleep and that we would like to have a good quality of sleep, right? It's important to point the time in bed does not equate to sleep duration because frequently especially in parkinson's disease patients one can spend up to 10 hours in bed but uh, a lot of this time can be tossing and turning and being awake in general i would say that we would like to sleep anywhere between 6 and 9 hours and i would say that anything that's less than 6 and more than 9 probably it is not good based on a large epidemiological studies that have looked into the question of optimal duration of sleep. At the same time, we like to have a good, well-consolidated sleep, and it is much easier to define duration of sleep than what does exactly good quality sleep means, right? We would like to have uninterrupted sleep, to wake up refreshed, to have enough slow-wave sleep, but also other areas of sleep which are important, for example, for various aspects of memory consolidation and overall well-being, where I would emphasize that both quantity and quality of sleep really matter.
1: One thing you would mentioned earlier is in REM sleep behavior disorder, people act out their dreams. Does that disturb sleep? Do they know they're doing it?
2: Behavior disorders certainly affect sleep of an individual who has it, but also their bed partner. In addition to overall affecting the quality of sleep, REM sleep behavior disorder poses significant safety challenges. As they act out, their dreams may involve really in various behaviors and that are predisposing them and their bed partners to injuries. For example, I've had a number of patients who report having these vivid dreams, and due to acting out of these dreams, they end up lurching out of bed and falling next to the bed. Or they, for example, are being threatened and have to defend themselves in their dreams, and therefore they start attacking or fighting with their bed partner, who is just suddenly awakened in the midst of this event and can be substantially hurt. So I would say that REM behavior disorder affects the sleep of both patients and their bed partners and puts them both at risk due to these dream enactment behaviors.
1: What's your take on naps? Are they good, bad, or maybe it depends?
2: Napping is a very interesting concept in general when we talk about the sleep health. And I think that naps, if they employed appropriately, can be very beneficial to our patients with Parkinson's disease. And what do I mean with that when I say when employed appropriately, right? In general, whether we have Parkinson's or not, we would like to avoid prolonged naps, We would like to avoid naps that last one hour, two hours, or certainly any longer than that, because having these longer naps certainly can affect our ability to sleep well later at night. We also would like to avoid napping late in the day, just relatively close to our major sleep episode that occurs overnight, obviously because that will interfere with our ability to sleep well at night. But if one has a shorter nap, up to 30 or 40 minutes, in the middle of the day, when our alerting signal is at lowest, for example, after lunch, sometime between 1 and and 3 p.m., these naps can really be very refreshing to our patients. And frequently, I will actually advocate and advise patients to take that midday nap if they can afford to do it as long as it's not too long.
1: Where's the field going? What are some of the research directions?
2: There are a lot of exciting research directions when it comes to sleep and sleepiness in Parkinson's disease. We are trying to develop novel treatments for these disorders. These include some pharmacological interventions, but also non-pharmacological treatment methods. For example, utilization of photomodulation and light therapy as a non-pharmacological intervention. We in our group do a lot of research in this area, and others do as well. Research is also going in the direction of better understanding of pathophysiology of the mechanisms that are driving this sleep impairment in Parkinson's patients. A novel and very excited research direction is our understanding how our circadian system, our internal timing system, may be impaired and how that may contribute to poor sleep and alertness in Parkinson's patients. We all have internal clocks situated deep in our brain, and we have done investigations that demonstrate that there is dysfunction of that internal clock, that clock is not ticking as it should in patients with Parkinson's disease. Therefore, we are trying to explore that further and develop new interventions based on those premises. And finally, I would say there is a lot of research going in the area of remsley behavior disorder. As I said, this is a condition that precedes the onset of Parkinson's disease. And therefore, when we have a reliable and promising agents that may stop the progression of this neurodegenerative process, it will probably be plausible to employ these agents in individuals' who have REM sleep behavior disorder only before they even go to develop the signs of Parkinsonism, as therefore we may maximize the chance of success by arresting that process of neurodegeneration earlier before it has taken more substantive toll on the brain cells. And I think that's one of the most exciting areas of research when it comes to sleep, REM sleep behavior disorder, and Parkinson's disease in general.
1: It's interesting you bring that up. We had a past podcast with Dr. Robert Hauser talking about the golden year before someone is on medication very early, looking at potential medications that would slow down progression. And it seems like REM sleep behavior disorder might be sort of a cardinal sign that you're getting into that area, but you're not yet diagnosed or not yet on medication.
2: Absolutely. That's why systematic study of REM sleep behavior disorder is so critical because we may identify individuals who are at risk of developing Parkinson's disease who are in the early stages of that neurodegeneration. And if we can apply interventions at that stage of neurodegeneration, we can be much more successful in arresting that process than compared to wait until someone goes through that neurodegeneration to the point where the motor signs of Parkinsonism, such as tremors and slowness and stiffness, emerge. Our success to stop the disease process may be less at that stage than in the earlier stages of this process that is underlying Parkinson's disease.
1: And finally, do you have a take-home message in a nutshell for people with Parkinson's or their care partners who think there may be some sort of sleep
2: disturbance. My home take message is that we should all pause and really think, take some time to think about sleep. Ask ourselves, is sleep okay? Do I sleep enough? Ask our bed partners, how do we sleep? Because we may not be aware of what's going on with night when we sleep. And then if we identify the problems, that we really pay attention to them and that we take time to discuss them with our Parkinson's clinician or that we seek help from a clinician who specializes in sleep medicine. Because it is certain that by improving our sleep at night, and alertness during the daytime, we will improve the overall quality of life. We will improve our functioning overall, and Parkinson's disease symptoms may be less burdensome if we establish good night of sleep. So sleep really, truly is essential, and it's something that's frequently We are taking it for granted. We shouldn't, because a lot can go wrong with sleep without us recognizing it. So I would say, let's think about how do we sleep. Let's see what we can do to improve that vital function that the nature has granted us so that we can live normal lives, actually.
1: Great. I appreciate it. Lots of things to think about and helpful information.
2: This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in.